Good morning, everybody. How's it going? And <laughs> it's embarrassing. Good morning, everybody. How's it going? You're all so fake. <laughs> How about I start preaching and talking instead of saying those things? Let's uh, let, let me uh, let me pray for us. God, I thank you um, so much for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and uh, what He has done as our example, as our um, as our guide, as our Savior. Father, I pray we would uh, we would press in to that. Father, I pray you would allow us to, to see our own sin and the, own, the, the evil that we are capable of, Father, but that your Son has um, completely eradicated by his death on the cross and has given us his grace and his mercy. Uh, we love you, and we give our lives in these moments and this time to you, God. Um, Free us from distraction. Free us from the enemy, Lord, as we seek to understand what you have for us this morning. Uh, we trust you. We give our lives to you. In Christ's name, amen. Um, so Cooper just read Ephesians five fifteen through 21. Some of my favorite scripture in all of uh, the Bible, especially verse 21. Uh, and, and verse 21 is really the central character trait of Jesus. We're kind of in the third of... Uh, three-part little mini-series about the character of Jesus, and verse 21 underscores the, the, the sacrificial uh, character of Christ, and, um, and that's where we'll kind of center on today. And it's, it's really centered on the, the Greek word hubatasa, which is uh, submitting. So that, that word submitting is a Greek word hubatasa, which literally means to, to willingly place yourself under another uh, whether or not you are under this person, you're willingly placing yourself under this person. And it's kind of a military term as well. So you've got ranks in the a, in a military. And so the, the definition of the leadership of Christ is that he willingly placed himself under, saying that you are more important than me and, and my life is going to reflect that. Um, and so the, the book of Ephesians is a, is a really important book for every church to study because it's kind of a, a roadmap for a church. The first two chapters of Ephesians are talking about who you are in Christ, uh, statements of fact about who you are because of what Jesus has done and your trust and surrender to that. These are facts about you. And then the third and fourth chapter are really more about unity within the church. And then the fifth and sixth chapters, which kind of begins our, our stuff that we're going to talk today, is about how to operate within, within relationships, not just within a church, but within a community context. Um, and it's really good for us to, to, to have that notion as we begin to think uh, through this, this passage. Um, I want to show you a clip from... Uh, a, a series called Band of Brothers. It's, I don't know, 10 or 12 years old, something like that. But um, it, it sh- the series itself highlights Easy Company through, uh, like, when they land on the beach in Normandy on, on D-Day up until the, the day when the war is over. Uh, and the scene you're about to see is these guys and their leader um, boarding a plane to fly to France to drop out of airplanes on Normandy Beach and uh, what you won't see is that they've all been told to make sure their life insurance is up to date and because the likelihood is that probably half of these guys are going to die 
as they board, get onto the plane. And so there's, there's this overwhelming sense of danger uh, that they're about to jump into, literally jump into evil. Um, and what I want you to see, I usually let this speak, but this is, this is really important. Um, what I want you to see is, is the leader of this group of guys reaching down and grabbing each of the soldiers and picking them up. And I want you to see the excitement and the fear. And there's just emotion all over every one of these faces that, that get picked up. So I, I want you to see that and understand the evil that's present in our day and the leader, the, the confident, strong leader that is Jesus Christ um, and in the midst of that. So allow this metaphor to talk to you a little bit. Go ahead. Second platoon, listen up. Good luck. God bless you. I'll see you in the assembly area. So, like, I think that beautifully sets the stage for, for where we're, we're headed as this morning and where we're headed in the coming weeks and months of what's going on in our, in our group, in our church, in our life. Um, like, we don't know exactly where it is that we're headed. But what we do know is there's lots of emotion that's present inside of us and we have a leader who is Jesus Christ who confidently proclaims truth to us and grabs us and picks us up. And it's all, it's all, it's all led and motivated by his hupatasso, his willingly placing himself under. Um, be confident in the leadership of Jesus Christ. Um, Let's look at, at the passage. We're going to do these two verses at a time because I think it breaks it down pretty well. Um, so I've kind of broken this out, each heading. And so the, the first two verses, 15 and 16, are the facts. So look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Um, let, me, let me say here at, at the beginning... This, those last few words of verse 16, um, the days are evil. The days are evil. Um, Matt Chandler says this, you are being discipled by the culture. Culture is pulling on you and playing into your knee-jerk reactions of the flesh. 
We are being discipled. That means being told what to do, being pulled, being influenced by the culture. And verse 16 tells us that the days are evil. We are being influenced by evil. Um, let me, uh, let's, let's break the tension with a riddle. You guys like riddles? Let's break the tension with a riddle, all right? Um, you can't see it, touch it, taste or smell it, yet we feel its effects every day and experience its cumulative damage on our bodies over a lifetime. No other force affects us so dramatically. Is it up there? Do you guys know what that is? Because air? No. Time? No. Guilt? Ooh. No. Gravity. Yes. Gravity. That's right. It's gravity. Um, and I think there is... Um, I, I read this about gravity this week. The results of gravity's constant downward pull on our faces, shoulders, backs, necks, chest, organ, legs, and feet are painful, painfully obvious to most of us. I have a bad back. I dug a lot yesterday and my back really hurts. I'm feeling the effects of gravity today. Gravity, listen to that, gravity never gives up nor does it discriminate. Young or old, couch potatoes or athletes, we all experience change to our bodies as a result of the gravity on this planet. And I think that's a perfect picture of the evil that's present in this world. You don't have to decide to be influenced by gravity. It happens. You don't have to decide to be influenced by the evil that's present in this world. The days are evil. And the, the wonderfully awful thing, hear me, the wonderfully awful thing about this passage is that it was written in about 30 AD. Paul wrote in about 30 AD that the days are evil. Um, Hitler was not yet alive when Paul wrote this. David Duke was not yet alive when Paul wrote this. The American Civil War had not happened. James Earl Ray had not shot Martin Luther King. Nero was not yet alive, who literally impaled Christians and set them on fire so he could have light at night for his parties. None of that stuff had happened yet. When Paul wrote, the days are evil. So, like, I think that provides for us a, this significant tension to what we experience today and the evil that's present. But it provides some hope that like we're 2017 America is not special. Evil has always been and it will always be until Christ finally sets it right when he comes back again. But evil is here and it's real. It's nothing new for us. But what does, what does Paul say? Be careful. Verse, verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but wise. Making the best use of the time. Making the best use of the time. That's, this is a, a really practical challenge for us, to make the best use of your time. How do you, like, when you're wasting time, you're inviting evil 
Um, the second heading for us, the tension. Verses 17 and 18. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. These verses, verse 18 in particular, talk about what controls you. The fool is controlled by the world, and the world is trying to get you to buy into its evil. Um, trying to get you to sin, trying to get you bring difficult and hard things to you. But the Spirit, who is in us because of Christ, is trying to give you joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. That's, those are the fruit of the Spirit. What the Spirit is trying to give to you is that, and what the world is trying to give it to you is evil. Um, so what, what controls you? I want, I want us to, to press into that, about the thing that controls us. Um, if, if you have kids or if you have brothers or sisters, likely this has happened to you. Um, your brother or sister says something mean to you, and your response or your kid's response, the brother, sister says something mean to brother, brother hits sister, sister cries, parent responds, seeing sister crying and, and brother standing over and brother gets into trouble. What happened? Quite literally what happened was the brother's actions were controlled by the sister. She said something mean. The brother had every opportunity to disregard what the sister said. But instead, because of what she said that was mean, she's, he's being controlled by her. Like, we have this conversation with my kids. You probably have this conversation at home. If you have little children that, hey, don't let him control you. Don't let her control you. You are in control of your actions. And I think that there is, what this verse is talking about is there is a battle for the control of you. What controls you? Um, so let's, in, in that respect, what controls you? Not rhetorical. What what things control you? What predicts your response? Not rhetorical, once again. Anybody? Fear. Yeah. Like discomfort? Ooh, that's a really good one. I want to talk about both of those. Fear controlling you. Like I'm afraid of something, so that's going to predict my response, and that's the thing that's going to control me. Discomfort is a, is a this hurts, I'm going to stop doing this. I'm, I'm, it's going to be the thing that, that predicts my response. Pride. Mm. Yeah. I think for me, a lot of times, it's anger. I get, I get mad at Jen or, or one of my kids and like anger sort of wells up and then I, I do something like yell or hit something not one of, not one of them <laughs> um, something else inanimate uh, but like it's, it's my anger that controls that response and, and what verse 17 and 18 are talking about is there are forces in this world spiritual forces that are, that are good and spiritual forces that are evil that control you and cause you to do things. And I want you 
to be processing that. I want you to, to think about that. And there are probably some things that you didn't mention or, or you didn't want to say out loud um, that, that control you. Um, the next heading is our response. Addressing one another, verse 19, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Um, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Go back to verse 19. This is one that uh, <clears throat> I think on its face it kind of weirds me out because um, I'm not a, not a big fan of musicals. Like, and, and when I read this, <laughs> Aaron's giving me a dirty look back there. Uh, when, I, when I read this, I think about like, this is, this is what this verse is telling me on the surface. Run around singing all the time. Like, just, what would you do if I, you'd probably all leave if I started breaking out in song right now. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. The, the heart of this verse is not to be singing all the time. The heart of this verse is to, is to connect with the goodness of our God. And, okay, so there's evil present in our world. It's obvious but Christ has saved us and brought good to us, allowed us to interact with and be influenced and controlled by his spirit. And the path to that, our response to the evil and the tension that's in the air, is to engage with the goodness of God. Um, a praising state of mind. And, and not just a, a, a praising state of mind, but engaging people with that praising state of mind. This is one thing that I've been supremely aware of lately. Like, our attitude makes a big difference. If I come home from work having had a really good day and happy, it quite literally changes the mood in the house for the rest of the night. Have you guys experienced that? If I've had a bad day or I'm angry at someone or something, it it changes the mood of the, of the house for the rest of the afternoon and evening. And, like, that's the reality of the evil and the, and the good that's present in our world. And the response is to engage one another with gratefulness, to engage yourself, to engage the goodness of God. So let's, let's practice that for just a second. Um, what... What good has God done? Let's not do this for just a second. Let's do this for an extended period of time. Let's really think about this. What, what good has God done in your specific world? So I don't, want, I don't want grace or mercy or peace or love or I don't want big grandiose things. We'll talk about that in a second. I want something very specific in your world that God has done to show that he is good. Not rhetorical, by the way. <laughs> Sheridan's back there pointing to her baby. And you're back. You guys are like, you get the, the gold stars today. Babies. Yeah. These holding, like, it's, there's, there's a change that happens in us when we look at a, at a baby that, is, that God has given it. And it's, it's an incredibly, like, knee-buckling but incredibly good thing to see the goodness of God and, and to, to to look into the eyes of, of what has come from you 
and see the, the love and gentleness and, and purity that's present. God is, God is really good in that way. What else? Somebody, something specific. Ben. Yeah. Yeah. And and see, like, this isn't, this exercise that we're doing right now is not just about, hey, isn't that great? And like, yeah, good. I'm, I'm happy for you, Ben. That's really good. But the point of Ephesians 5.18 is, is not that we would say, yes, that's good, but to trace that back to God and allow that, that, that song of I got a job or I have this beautiful baby, that, that can be a song that's sung in your heart and changes your perspective with which you see the world. Because the days are evil. What else? Something specific that God has done. Hmm. Continual restoration of a family relationship. I know what you're talking about, Joe, and thanks for saying that, brother. Yeah. He saved us. Yeah. Yeah, it's like... The sin... Like, here's, here's the danger for us in, in this thought process is that we can see the evil that's present in the world and cause that to camouflage the evil that's present in our own selves the evil that we are capable of, the evil that we perpetrate, our addition to the force of evil. But even in the midst of that, Christ died for you. While we were still sinners, Christ died for you. That's, that's it. That's the, he's so good. He's so good. And and the point is, the reason we're doing this, the reason why we're spending extended time thinking about this concept is that it's vital for us. This is how you act as not foolish but wise because the days are evil. This is how you, you walk carefully, pay attention. Be, it's to, to engage with the goodness of God. What somebody? I don't, I don't want to stop this yet. Somebody else, a very specific instance of something, yeah. So I was 14 years old living in a boy's ranch. I've been abandoned by my entire family, and miraculously, my father showed up from nowhere. Mm. Just came home from Germany, and some, somehow God put it on his heart and just rescued Wow. Man, that's got to, like, we can see the, the surface beauty of that, but I, I can't, like, it's... It's got to run really deep for you, man. Yeah. Wow. I'd like to hear the whole, that whole story sometime, man. Um, and and that's, that's, a, that's a metaphor for what we're talking about. Our Father comes and rescues us. Man. Do you... Do you like, this is, a, this is a really good practice... This notion, this idea is a really good practice consistently with like your, your close sphere, a, a spouse, a good friend, a community group. This is a really good practice to think about these things and understand the good that's present. Um, 
for me, yesterday, we, there's some, some folks from our church and some folks from other churches gathered together in, in Wellston to, to clean and, and pick up trash and, and dig out some bushes and whatever. And the, the goodness of God that was present there is like there's, there's people that I have never met and, and may never see again that I got to talk to and engage with. And, and they're, they're mainly concerned with improving a difficult area because Jesus loves them. Um, and I think that's the goodness of God present in a life and in a, in a community. Um, so now, let, now let's back up and, and change the question a little bit. What, what are you grateful to God for, like, on, on a big scale? And if you say something like grace, I'm going to ask you a probing question beyond that. So be careful. Because you just can't just say a Sunday school answer probably should have said that afterwards so nobody's going to say anything now <laughs> what give me give me a, a, a big high level god attribute that you're grateful for justice, justice. tell me what you mean there yeah he's always true to his law and his law is perfect justice is a i think a difficult and fleeting thing for us to get our minds around. Um, yeah, he's a just God. And like he's, he's so just, like to be just meant the death of his son. What else? Big, high level. Patience. Tell me what you mean there, man. Uh, I'm usually quick to anger, not slow to anger. Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. The patience of God. So all of these things that we're talking about, from the specific to the big, like these are songs and hymns that we can sing to ourselves and sing to our spheres of influence because the days are evil. You guys, you guys tracking with that? that this, is, this is an important exercise for us. The days are evil. We need to press into the goodness of God and then allow that. Like this is... like. I'm, I'm treading a, a, a very thin line. You could fall really quickly into a place where I don't ever want to lead this church to. And like, just be happy and things will be good. That's, that's not what I'm, that's not, the, the spiritual song that you sing isn't going to change the fact that these days are evil. But what it is going to change is your willingness and opportunity and because of the Holy Spirit living in you can engage with a, a sphere of influence and it, it makes a difference. God is good and wants to do good in you and through you. Um, let's, uh, let's keep going. 
Verse 21, the, the hinge for this, this sermon and, and the hinge for the rest of Ephesians 5. And really, and, and again, the book of Ephesians is written to a church on how to be a church. And it's all hinging here on verse 21. And it's, if you have a directive from the sermon today, it's here. This is the character of Jesus um, because of all these things that have happened, this is what you need to do. Because the world is evil, this is what you need to do. Because we're trying to sing spiritual songs to our hearts and to ourselves and in our, in our spheres of influence, because of that, this is our response. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Again, submit is the Greek word hupotasso, to willingly place yourself under. Think think deeply about that, that notion, to, to willingly place yourself under under another. This word is filled with humility and with grace. And God is calling you to be like Jesus in every relationship. Every relationship, submitting to one another, to everybody, out of reverence for Christ. And that out of reverence for Christ just means because Jesus did it, that's our directive to do it. It's a weapon against the evil days that we live in to submit to one another because Christ submitted to us. Hupatasso considers the needs of another more than your own. And, and that's a very specific thing. Like we talked about, your, the things that, that you said, very specific instance of God's goodness present in your life. God is calling you to do that and be that in people's lives around you. To be a very specific and tangible evidence of the goodness of God in their lives. That's hupotasso. That is, my next hour is more important to that person than it is to me. So I'm going to spend my hour on them, not me. This is hupotasso. And then the big picture stuff that we talked about the hope of eternity is a, is a great one. To, to have that mindset and, and go into a world influencing, influencing it with that notion. With this, how God has seen you and or how you have seen God on a big high level attribute of God and how that has impacted and influenced you. The hupatasso is to sacrifice yourself to bring that to your world. That's very simply direction for you. Go and do and be that. And I don't, most of the time when I do stuff like this, when I preach these things to my own heart and, and to you, I'm, I'm not saying, okay, here's a few ways you can do this. That's your job. I'm showing you this is what God has called you to do and to be. He has called you to hupatasso because Christ hupatassoed you first. Go and willingly place yourself under someone in or around your life. On a big picture or on a very specific picture. Now, it's your job to go and do that. And the beautiful part is the, the person that's likely, the person that's sitting next to you, they can reach out and touch right now. You have an opportunity to, to hupatasso them. And wherever you are at, at, at 10 o'clock on a typical weekday morning, you can hupatasso there. Wherever, whoever it is that, that you go to sleep next to, 
Hupatasso there. Whoever it is that you tuck into bed, Hupatasso there. Because Christ did it for you. And this is the heart of where we are and what we're doing. This is the call of Christ. This, this is how we protect ourselves because the days are evil. Let's pray and respond to our God. God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for his life and his death and his resurrection. I thank you for the example that he has given to us. Lord, I pray for people in this room, Lord. God, I, I pray that you would, in, in this time of response, or, or even as, as we've talked this morning, Father, I, I pray that you would give a few of us some very specific things to go and do. Lord, I pray that you would protect us from the evil that's present in our day, Lord. And I pray that you would give us a song to sing of your goodness. And I pray that you would give us a very specific task. Lord, and I I pray as, as evil presses in on us, as people sin against us, or even as, as, as sin bubbles out of us, Father. I pray that you would free us from that slavery to react, to be controlled. And instead, love the way you loved, out of reverence for Christ, that we would submit. Even when people sin against us. Especially when people sin against us. out of reverence for your son Jesus, may we go and be and do. And Lord, this is so hard and so frightening. But Lord, you have come and individually engaged with every one of us, Father, and picked us up and looked us in the eye and given us directive, Father. God, guide us now as we go and live our lives on mission. May we be influenced and protected by the finished and saving work of your son, Jesus. In his name, amen.